0: You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the divine council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts. But you better believe we'll have a take, and perhaps it won't suck.
1: Dude,
2: I was playing devil's advocate with you. I don't believe in other gods. I'm all Yahweh.
1: So, Matt's wrong. One hundred percent. I sound like a self-important jackass. Hey, I'm Brian. Welcome to the Mount Hermeneutics podcast. All right. So,
0: uh, this is Matt. Uh, Hopefully, you guys enjoy the show. And this is Andre. And uh, yeah, let's get into it, man. Right on. All
2: right. What are we talking about? We could talk about a couple of different things. Um, I, I think we've closed out. you know what, we talked about last week. So, definitely don't want to do any of that again for now. I have um, so
1: many points to follow up sure on. Yeah, I'm sure you e- do. I'm sure
0: you do. Me too. And so, right. If, uh, if we, w- we, could,
1: we could circle them, right? As we can, sure, as we, yeah. as we orbit the
0: world and, and keep I, doing I, the show. I may make jokes and allude to a couple of points because that's just my style. So,
1: well, that's, I mean, then I'm going to have to answer them and then we're going to be on it. And it could turn into the Fox yeah. uh, presidential GOP debate. I
2: didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, Andre, you mentioned Brian. Brian, you get thirty seconds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how they did it. It was anybody
2: who, if you made a took a shot at somebody, they got thirty seconds to respond to the shot you took.
0: And, and you had the former vice president. He he took a shot at me. He yeah, and they, they were like, that, the was that was at me. That was it. Me. That was it. That me. was at me. Let me talk. <laughs> and they don't even actually respond to that. They just have something else canned in their pocket. That they, right. they oh, what a mess. What a stupid format.
2: They need to. They need to mute their mics. When they go over and they make the little buzzer noise, their mic
0: should go no, off. No, they need to ditch that whole format. I mean answer. You get a question and you get to talk. Well, that's not debating, right? That's just answering right.
2: it, it was just letting them all have a say yeah. for a minute. Yeah.
0: Well, they, they should say, I, here's, the, here's the topic. Go. So, Brian, the, one, the <laughs> so, one
2: weird part is like they're asking like policy questions and this and that. And then yeah. out of the blue, this chick goes, so uh, Governor Christie. Uh, the American people are really interested in the possible existence of UFOs. If you become president, and he goes, are you freaking kidding me? He's like, you're giving <laughs> me a UFO question?
0: His face, is, <laughs> that's the only time I actually liked Chris Christie. He, had, he <laughs> showed like, whole real personality, right? Like, oh, of course. Of co-. And he made like a New Jersey joke, because I guess Martha McCown was from New Jersey as well. So that, that was a cute moment. Mm. <laughs> U- UFO, it. really? UFO.
1: You're gonna ask. I don't know why we're talking about end. anything
0: else. It was I, the it was the last segment before they kidding. had their closing I remarks. I don't mean that.
2: So so speaking of UFOs,
0: kind of sort of speaking
2: of UFOs, do you guys see that <clears throat> Elon Musk's net worth went up seventy one billion
1: dollars? Hmm. What is it now? I I don't know. Oh, it It's north of seventy one billion. It's bigger now than seventy one billion. You see the richest man in the world again? Yeah.
2: Basically. ever that, well, because like, so apparently like space, SpaceX is why I brought, I made that connection to the UFOs, but yeah, apparently SpaceX signed some stock deal and they got 140 billion of, in, of money infused and because he owns 51%, you know, whatever. He's at
1: 219 billion. That's so crazy.
2: And people don't understand why he doesn't care about their opinions of how he runs Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll never respect him until he fights Mike Zuckerberg. Uh, just not going to respect until he does that yeah Uh, i'm sure he'll lose a lot of sleep over your lack of
2: respect
1: (laughs) we got 219 (laughs) billion you can just you can just buy respect i mean i mean what what's what is 219 billion dollars for if not to buy respect i I mean you could do a whole lot of things on top you know not and not worry
2: about that i i I saw a meme My, my son actually showed it to me while we were at the game last night and it was like would you rather have 30 million loyal friends or $10 million? And it's an interesting, so we sat here and had this like, you know, philosophical discussion. And, I, and I'd already seen a video where this guy explained why the answer is what the answer is. Because my son's like, well, of course I take the money, right? Who wants 30 million friends? I was like, but if they're all loyal friends, you could ask each of them to give you $5.
0: And if thirty million
2: people gave you five dollars,
0: or or a nickel, <laughs> well, but I mean five bucks. Well, right, five yeah.
2: bucks for a friend. If a buddy says, "Oh, can right. I get five bucks?" You are like, "Here, I got five dollars." Right. So if you had thirty million people hand you a five dollar bill, you got a lot of five dollar bills. So you
0: you can't buy a thirty million person network. Well, there is that too. anything right? In, no like, matter what
1: you want to do, yeah, right. And really, what you are doing with money is buying people's labor. Mm-hmm. So if, yeah, so if you got thirty million people willing to to do something for you, right? Um, no, oh, like I said,
2: the the
1: you're George Bailey at the end of its wonderful life. I'm never Plus one to say love. I need more. Go ahead. What?
0: <laughs> the love portion of it, wow. you have love. thirty million people loving you. Thirty million
1: <laughs> sounds awful, touchy feely. You make it. You make it sound weird. When you when put it like that. He did that on purpose, I'm quite
0: sure. With his angelic voice.
2: It's love. It's
0: love. Don't you want love? That's that's how Michael Jackson talks him. This is his. No, no, no. You can't do that because, I and I said this with love. L-O-V-E, love. No. You don't come in. You let that simmer. You let that simmer. You don't just start with your guitar. What's wrong with you?
1: You're being ignorant. You're being
0: ignorant. <laughs> but yeah. So we got even because We added uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh,
1: what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys reading in your Bibles lately?
2: I haven't read Bible directly. I've been doing more of the Bible ancillary stuff. I came mm, across center. a weird thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I came across something really strange that I thought I'd throw out here as a as a wild card, just to get a conversation going. Not that we want to spend a lot of time on it, but this this guy posited the theory that there is very little to no historical evidence of the existence of Abraham as a human being. And that the story of Abraham was allegorical, not literal.
1: I found that to be interesting. Well, I mean, that's, that's basic minimalist, like the the standard thinking in old Testament scholarship um, among critical scholars is minimalism. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's unhistorical unless like they discover smoking guns mm-hmm. that, that proves that it's historical, but uh, it's, it's kind of, it's more of a philosophical disposition that, uh, and it's true that there, there isn't a lot of evidence, um, but there's, and there's not a lot of evidence for anything from that period. I mean, if this was before Herodotus and right. Polybius and before history was developed as a discipline. Right, and so that's that's kind of what you expect. But uh I was watching something the other day. I think it was one of those pints with Aquinas short videos where they're talking to a, mm-hmm. a Bible scholar, and he talked about how the uh, like all the 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 Dan Staley. It's a uh something they discovered. I think it was in the early two thousands about. Uh, there it's I'm kind of butchering it because I don't I I didn't remember the details it mentions the house of David and it's set like a it's dated to a couple centuries after the time of David but somebody is bragging about their victory over over the house of David which of course you know they they didn't they didn't typically name their dynasties after fictional characters like there might be a they, they might ha- they might attribute legends to the founders of their dynasties but they still regarded them as historical people like mm-hmm. a, they, they weren't gonna like it's it, it's pretty compelling evidence that david was a real guy which i know you brought up abraham
0: but uh yeah most of the things that i've seen is that it was always against against david because he was the the closest and it was a whole kingdom. Cause and he was, was a King, which is different right. than just some so dude then, who had so kids. A, yeah. a lot of skeptics were just like that, that never existed. And I think I saw the same, I don't know if you saw it in an article format or if you were watching a video, but a video. I, I did, I did see an article, uh, what Brian's talking about in the, the house of David. thing.
2: Yeah. The, the thing I was watching started with the point of view that Abraham, you know, might not have existed as a real person, but then it took this wild ass left turn and it started explaining that there was shadows or echoes of Abraham in Rome. And I I I don't remember the specifics of the video because it got so weird. But it was basically like no Greece. I'm sorry, Greece, not Rome. And it was using the it was explaining how the I forgot the term now, but the 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 person that kind of in Greek and the Greek um, military that kind of pushed out and took over city states and established new areas and whatnot. There was all of these illusions and things that I, I'd have to find the video. And, and I was listening to it in the background while I was working. So I admittedly wasn't paying a lot of attention to it, but it was, it was weird, but mm. that's, that's what my YouTube channel. If you guys ever saw my YouTube uh, the recommendations, they're so weird.
0: My, mine are getting weirded by the weirder by the moment. Right. Yeah. Mm. Well, because it's all I, yeah. M- mine's intertwined with uh, you know, d- was was Kane the first child of the devil. And then my next my my next video was like the Dodgers traded for it. Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: that's what my mine are like, you know, how to build a guitar under 400 dollars And then the next one's you know did abraham really exist and then it's you know it's it's all over the place it's really weird
1: yeah i'm like that i've been in my uh western occultism rabbit hole and that's probably Ooh. messing up my uh your algorithms getting all kinds of twisted yeah you're gonna it's get some spicy straight... stuff getting uh, demonic is what is getting... <laughs> yeah you guys in our chat somebody shared that that one video from the that 80s sitcom about the kid who had aids Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I, was so I watched that. Yeah. Now, Mr. Now, Belvedere. Now, YouTube thinks I'm obsessed with 80s AIDS propaganda. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I, just...
0: I just found it so weird. Like, because there's a studio audience that's like applauding with and laughing. Laugh track. I got at a, AIDS. At a, at a little kid's like, hey, so how are you doing today, Timmy? He's like, you know, other than the fact I have AIDS. <laughs> Except that <laughs> yeah, was yeah.
1: probably a program laugh track. So the, the producers were like, oh, that'll get some laughs. And then they're telling you to, to laugh at that until they're programming this sense of humor into people. I, I, there's like, no telling. I'd love to know the, the yeah. truth.
0: It, it's not my fault I have AIDS. Well, it's not my fault either. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> it, oof. Yeah, because yeah, the
2: kid was like sneaking in the back door or something. <laughs> yeah, they, it, they didn't want him it, to know he was coming to their house or something. Okay. And,
0: Which, you know, at that time was, it was pretty scary. I was I, super I scared just, of AIDS in the 80s.
2: Well, because they made us. It was all the propaganda. Yeah. Between the schools were like, can you get AIDS from a toilet seat if another kid has AIDS and he sits down and goes in the bathroom and then you do, can you get it? And then that was juxtaposed on the one side. And then the other side was all of the crazy fundamentalists were saying that AIDS was the, this was the, you know, the the, the actuality of revelation coming true. And this was, you know, the world was going to burn because it burns when you pee, when you have AIDS
1: or something. Like, I remember like this really vivid stuff coming out from the (laughs) From, Stuff like I'm—I I don't remember that, but I, I am do. glad I was not raised in church. Oh, during believe that era, the era,
2: because the 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 Southern Baptists were were crazy with that—that that this was God's hand, and it was—and then it was—I man, there was so much because it was, it was so wrapped up in you know it being <clears throat> being a, a gay disease, so that that was you know it's it's a curse, it's a pox, and then there was that whole theory about the green monkeys in Africa and
0: well. So now it's racist, right? It was you know? racist and it right. was
2: tied to the, you know, the, the, the tribe of, you know, the descendants of Cain. And like there was so right. much going on in the right. 80s with, with it, all of this. It was wild. And then, you it, know, it wasn't like we didn't, we had the, was it Ham
0: ra- that was cursed that, that saw his dad Noah naked? Was it, Ham? A, yeah. it was yeah. Ham? Yeah. 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 And his other brother's like, what? You saw our dad naked? Let's, let's cover him up walking backwards. <laughs> like wait what but, yeah. but you know it's funny because you know ryan white who was like the first child non-gay to to be prominently featured having having this disease and actually died before he graduated high school he got it from blood transfusion mm-hmm. so so this was like 1985 uh my mom had been in the Jehovah's witnesses for a couple of years by then so from 1982 and i think she got baptized in 83 or 84. But eighty five comes out, and you know the J Dubs are all about no blood transfusions. So it's like, see, there it is that Mm. that's why we don't do it. So they were just yeah, they were all the whole apocalyptic thing going on uh, with the blood transfusions. So basically, uh, in in uh, in the Kingdom Hall, we don't call it church. You know they they preached, uh, don't do gay stuff, don't do blood transfusions, and kids don't do drugs, and you don't have to worry about AIDS. (laughs) So as long as you don't stick needles in your arms. Yeah, the big three. (laughs) Butt sex, needles, and blood transfusions, which is just needles. Like, (laughs) Don't put things in your body. Yeah, don't stab yourself. And then they were like, you know, threatens, you know, hey, don't get a tattoo right now unless – you know they're using a completely different needle and no. and all, all that's probably good practice anyway on on just the, the disease front that's not deadly
1: hepatitis and all
0: the other yeah, things yeah stuff that just yeah makes you feel bad
1: in, in martial arts we were we were taught like we trained to punch like in the philtrum but then but there was always advice like but don't do it because you'll get AIDS. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't bust that dude's face though, because you get AIDS. Well, yeah, because if Cause you you'll uh, cut your knuckles up on his hand oh yeah, and, and his then, mouth, yeah,
1: and so you got to kind of weigh like, do I do I want to get beat up right now? Am I gonna um, fight? Is this worth getting AIDS? Do I want to win I'm... this fight and get AIDS, or do I <laughs> just want to get beat up? And so,
0: uh,
1: you know, we worked on our kicks and our, our grapples.
0: In in no the reason grapples. to punch a
1: guy in the face. You can and
0: grapples. Grapples can... what leads to that to that gayness? So I think maybe. <laughs> I learned that from Diamond Dallas Page. Right. <laughs> I don't do that. He said, I don't do that Roman Greco gay stuff. <laughs> 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 I'm a pro wrestler.
2: <laughs> Terry Funk but, died.
0: But now, oh, I know that. Oh, Peace, uh, Big Phil.
2: Wrestlers always die, man. They yeah, die so oh, young.
0: Well, oh, the I, I watch Dark Side of the Ring, and it's like four seasons of the most depressing stuff you'll <laughs> <laughs> your life, I'm like, why do I watch this? I have this weird guilty pleasure from it. it most of it's nostalgic childhood. I'm like, I remember that guy. What right. do you mean he's dead? Junkyard Dog is dead? No, so you know, I'm like, wow,
1: uh,
0: oof. Brian, you well, didn't watch I- it.
2: you didn't watch wrestling at all, did you?
1: I watched uh, Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling on Saturday morning, and that's about as far. And I watched Rocky three. That's about
0: as far into wrestling as I got. <laughs> Thunderlips. In the flesh, baby.
2: The ultimate man <laughs> and the ultimate meatball.
0: <laughs> how uh, much do you think he eats? Weighing in a hundred, two hundred and two pounds.
2: About 202 pounds. <laughs> About 202 pounds. <laughs> okay, Sorry. Right, so here's a here's a pop culture current thing. So you guys have seen this stuff with Trump, right? So it's Trump had to t- take the mug shot and self attested to his weight. Have you guys seen how much how crazy everybody's going over that?
0: Uh uh-uh. well, it be well. One, it's BS.
2: So he self-attested his weight. Whenever apparently, when you're booked in in Georgia, you can just tell them how much you, what your height and weight is, and they just write it down. They don't really care. So he said he was six,
0: six fifty three two
2: fifteen And no, the inter- yeah, the internet's going crazy because they're like, he's fat, blah blah blah. Does this look like? And they're showing pictures of like his his rear in like a golf swing kind of deal from when he was president and he's talked about the fact that he's lost a bunch of weight since the presidency. And, uh, and he does look thinner to my eye. His face looks thinner. Yeah. Yeah. And when you Um, get
0: old, you start losing weight anyway.
2: And, and he's been going through a lot of stress, you know, and, and, and whatnot. So, I mean, it's entirely possible. I don't really care one way or the other. What I found interesting was the, the hypocrisy that, you know, all of the anti-Trump people are largely leftists who are all that, you know, anti-body shaming people you know you can't talk about uh you know lizzo she's gorgeous she looks perfect but trump oh he can't be 215 you know i just <laughs> i just find the juxtaposition really 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 funny right the the fact that you know uh you're not allowed to make fun of overweight people you have to call them high calorie humans right but uh but but trump couldn't possibly be is that 215 no and it's not 215 like somebody posted a picture of chris hemsworth this is what 63215 looks like. I'm like. He doesn't yeah, weigh two fifteen either. If, if you're on juice and right. you're and you're working out all the time for he, a movie. He role, might have
0: weighed 215 in the uh the first in that Thor. Netflix, that, that Netflix show, but in Thor he did not. It was actually
2: so it actually was it was the uh the huntsman was the picture they posted. And he was oh, a lot eh, thinner. He maybe, was a lot thinner maybe. than that. Yeah.
0: Hmm. But anyway, I, know I thought I've, that was interesting. I haven't seen two fifteen in a minute. It's probably 10 years since I've seen 215. Speaking <laughs> of since we started this podcast, I have lost 15 pounds. Have you really? Good for you. Cool. Yeah. So Congrats. I'm to 255. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember I think what... I
1: was about I was about 260 at your uh, at your graduation. I'm about 205 now. You've lost that, but you you were that heavy then? Oh yeah. I was a, wow. I was yeah, just look at the pictures. I'm I'm a big old fat guy. I mean, so I look at those pictures and I'm like, who's that, who's that fat guy who was with us? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that guy. I didn't see him there, but, that's uh, funny. but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, lost about 60 pounds. Good for you. Thanks. Right. It was, yeah. uh, it was my, uh, well, um, that's maybe, it's maybe a topic for another podcast, but it was. Uh, we're just kind of, we're kind of waxing, uh, <clears throat> We're kind of
2: open form right now.
1: Well, I was writing that blog article about uh, the, what the church is missing, and uh, which is this, which doesn't narrow it down. I realize, because it's all of my blog articles are about that, but it was, it was, it was actually the one where I was talking about the divine, the uh, divine council worldview, and I was tying it into how we get the divine nature, and how the Christian life is a matter of participating in the divine nature, making every effort to add to your faith excellence, knowledge, self-mastery, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness so so'm I'm, kind of, I'm kind of writing this manifesto and realizing that I'm you know'm I'm, I'm morbidly obese and probably drinking too much while I'm doing it and realizing what a giant hypocrite I was and so just kind of you know I prayed about it and was convicted by it and I just uh, just didn't have the urge to to drink anymore and eat bad and lost it. But, uh, what's up? Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I I struggle to to hold any weight of, of of substance. When I finally cracked the code on how to gain weight, um, I couldn't get over two hundred pounds, and I'm five eleven, and I'm you know lifting as heavy as I can and eating what I thought was as much as I could, and <laughs> uh and I finally just cracked the code and i started gaining weight and i got over 200 pounds and i was like sweet and i'm lifting heavier and eating more food 205 210 212 and i was like ceasefire like (laughs) this this feels like a roller coaster that i might not be able to you know slow down on the other side so that was my heaviest i've ever been in my life so far as 212 and then uh i was was about 208 209 when i broke my leg and Hmm. uh and i you know, my weight fell off like crazy. Cause one, cause my left, my right leg shrunk. (laughs) So I lost just in my one leg, I lost probably, you know, 15 pounds, but, uh, I roll like 195 now. Like I, and I haven't made a decision. Like I haven't like tried to turn the dial to put the weight back on. And I figure 195, 200 is probably like a slim, healthy weight for me anyway. You know, my heart probably appreciates not being 250 kind of thing. Um,
0: you know, maybe I won't have strokes. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You know. You, you know, it's it's crazy because right after the the month that I spent in the hospital, I lost 30 pounds immediately. Right. Well, just from not lifting and, then, and not eating. Yeah, just not eating, just li- being sedimentary. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's weird how all the times in my life when I just kind of pause and stop, I lose a bunch of weight. But then it gains really quick. Like when I tore my ACL, I was on, you know, convalescent leave for 30 days. And I, I lost 30 pounds in 30 days. And then I, I put the 30 pounds back on, but I didn't look as good mm-hmm. as this be- the prior time that I had the 30 pounds. Yeah. So it, that just, it just keeps happening to me. And then I haven't, I haven't been able to catch up with it since, since then. So now I finally, I'm moving, I'm able to walk longer distances, you know, I can't really do cardio per se, but you know, I'm, you know, I can walk my dog. So yeah. I was like, I keep a little step tracker now and try to try to get those in every day.
2: Yeah. I think my only saving grace when I broke my leg was that I had really good upper body strength. So having to be on crutches wasn't entirely challenging. Like I can't imagine like some like 65 year old woman that's like never worked out or whatever and then have to exist on crutches. Like, wow, that's probably yeah, they gonna say be pretty it, hard.
0: That when you get to that age and you, know, you fall that your, your death day is within a, within a year, right? Like that's it. You fall, yeah. you break your hip, you break yeah. your femur. Yeah. Like it, it, it's over. And that's you, cause you're, cause you're, it, cause
2: you're now you're, now you're stuck in a thing and you just can't do stuff. Yeah.
1: I'm that's never so. going to be in that position. I'm dude, gonna... I,
2: I, I went real hard in the gym the other day, they today, Saturday. So Thursday, Thursday night, I went real hard in the gym back workout, me and Austin lifted and, uh, I came in, dude, I could not recover. Like I, I'd gotten really hot lifting and I was like, kind of that like pre puke kind of feeling mm-hmm. and like, it just didn't go away all night. And I looked at Carrie, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I went too hard, I got too hot, or I'm just getting old. And I was like, probably, yes. a, co- probably a combination of all three. <laughs> yeah. And I yes. was like, man, this is bullshit. I don't like this. And she was like, honey, I don't think we have a choice in getting old. I was like, well, we have a choice. It's just frowned upon. Like you, that-
0: <laughs> she probably I bet she shot you the look.
2: Was it Socrates um, or Aristotle or Plato? Who was it that made that comment about human? the man, man should... It's his responsibility to press the limit of his. One of them had a had a had a thing on working out.
0: Um.
1: Pro- probably Aristotle. I, I, I don't, think I all don't of that, that
0: is is why I don't do home workouts. I'm part half of my motivation is actually getting to the gym. That's and fair. Once and once I get there, you know I'm already here. Especially when I was driving, you know, 20 minutes to get to the gym like you know i start sipping on my pre as i'm driving by the time i get there it's kicked in you know i i start seeing the people that i'm familiar with i see my like my other family right uh all your bros start, yeah you know, <laughs> the, all like the hundreds of my best friends i don't even know their name because i've never talked <laughs> right them and it's funny because you, you see him at like Trader Joe's or whatever, and I'm like, Hey, what's up? What's up? My wife's like, Who is that? I'm like And you're like, I don't know, he's big as shit. I don't even he's, actually he's, don't know his name. He's strong <laughs> as hell. Like <laughs> he's just he's he's this dude. <laughs> and you know, we dap each other up or whatever, and like and we move on to the next thing, you know, in Costco. But like that's funny. So ha- half half of it is just is just getting there. And and to me, once once I get there, then and even if I don't feel well, and and I had to do this during my recovery because I, bet. I, bet. I had to go but I wasn't me anymore. Right. So, I mean, when, when I went down, I was repping four Oh five and bench, like that was my workout. And now I'm, I can't do the bar (laughs) now. Now I'm, I'm bench pressing a PVC pipe. Right. So, so that, that, that was the first like mental hurdle is that, Hey, I'm still me. I'm just not manifesting as me today, <laughs> right mm. or or for the foreseeable future, maybe never. Yeah. So I had to like had to had to come up with a new, you know, not really a new persona, but just the way other people see cuz people see you and meet you and see you in different capacities and and you're you're no longer you to them. So it was it was a, it was a tough thing cuz even even my wife like, right, "Hey, I want you to pick this thing up or go and you're or like- grab this thing." or <laughs> part
2: of having had a stroke do you not right. understand
0: so and, and she's like well you're going to recover like in six months i know you are because you're you so we're going to have this thing and you're going to be back to driving and lifting things and screwing my light bulbs in and doing this stuff all the things you right. know, was,
1: that the, but... was that the adrian rocky speech she gave you
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> which one three or four
1: well it's it, either way it's always yeah. that's always the The turning
0: point is yeah. What I what I need is the is the Rocky two when she wakes up and she's like when. And the music starts going. What are we waiting for? I got (laughs) I got
1: goosebumps just now just thinking about that.
0: (laughs) People shit on Rocky two, but I like it, man. By by the way, one is
1: awesome except for five. Before we go down too far in that rabbit hole, it was
2: Socrates. The quote that I was thinking of it was, and the quote was, "No citizen has a right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training." what a disgrace it is for a man to grow old without ever seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable.
0: Awesome. Oh, I'm in. I mean, I'm 100% that Socrates, my guy, my right. guy, Socrates, right. You know that, obviously we have an obesity
1: epidemic in our culture. Um, it's not merely physical. It's, we have an intellectual and spiritual obesity problem as well. Like we think of, uh, and that that quote is so antithetical to where we are as a culture, and uh, you know, and I, I don't I don't say this as if I'm in any better position. I was, you know, more a morbidly obese alcoholic not too long ago. But now just you're just that, alcoholic. Not alcoholic. <laughs> um, I you know I, I still drink. I'm I have a drink right now, but you know I'm not. Uh, I don't down a liter of whiskey a night like I was. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, for the kids at home. About, yeah. Not it wasn't every night, but I could put down a liter of whiskey in a night and go to work the next day.
0: Um Um, I mean my sacco training is going off.
2: I I could and I have, but I'm miserable for like three days in a row if I do that.
1: Yeah, I don't have I don't I didn't have a good day when I did it. Right. And it was always like I'm never gonna drink again. Then I drink again. But uh (laughs) But, um, it was, it was, I honestly, I think I was the recipient of, of a miracle. Like when I was, when I was digging into that stuff and praying about it and writing about it, um, I would, I would, I'd pour myself a drink and then I'd just be watching TV or playing video games or something. And, and a few hours later think hey, I could go for a drink. Oh, there's that drink I poured right there. Like I just didn't have the urge to drink it. Hmm. And, and, uh, whereas before it was, I would. I'd pour myself a drink and drink it and think, wow, that was pretty good and refill it. And before I knew it, I was down a bottle and it's time to go to work, but, uh, which is a, a, a pathetic way to waste a life. And that's what I was doing. But, uh, but no, I just, for, for when I was convicted of that and I realized that, uh, you know, how out of you know unbecoming that was for a a follower of jesus christ not just the alcoholism but the just the the eating and the lack just the just the overall mentality of self-indulgence um i just kind of lost the urge to do it i had the let's just i had a i had a change in consciousness and my body no longer matched what i was inside and Mm. so uh and I think that's what the, the Christian life is supposed to be, but we have such a, you know, the, this, our, our, our overall culture of that leads to physical obesity. We have the same obesity when it comes to our intellectual and spiritual life. Like we have more, yeah. I, we have more information available to us than at any other time in history, but people are dumber than ever. They don't know basic things about their own, their own country's history.
2: Yeah. Um, that's like that,
1: like that video we, we watched, we shared in our group about,
2: uh, Neil, Neil, good old Neil was talking about, was talking about flat earthers, right? He was saying how, you know, it's a, the fact that there's more flat earthers now is two things. One, it's a, it's a, it's a great statement to, uh, free speech. And it's an indictment on our education system, right? Because on one hand, it's cool that people are allowed to have stupid ideas and push them. But on the other hand, it's really unfortunate that people are this ignorantly, you know, existent, that they could buy off on such bad science and believe it to be science.
0: Well, We just have these bad habits because with that much information at your fingertips, you really need to know anything. Like you never, you're never forced to actually read or, or, or know something. And the same thing with just the social interaction of, of, of persons, Right. But now you you swipe left or swipe right and you and you have an expectation that if you do possibly meet where where things will go. And and no one really knows how to talk to anybody in person. I was just talking to some young people and like, I don't even I don't I mean, where do you meet somebody? I'm like, I don't know, where do you go? What do you what do you do? Where do you hang out? And like, well, mm-hmm. I I don't. Well, like, well, there's your problem. Right. Right. Wait, you know, I describe my childhood or even my teens to my children and my my son straight up like. It sounds like you had way more fun than me. And I was like, because I did, <laughs> you know. And it wasn't about the debauchery; it was, it was about it was about just going out and doing things. I mean, right? re- remember yeah.
2: like living on our bicycles? Like, yes. You, when you get out of school, you your bike was like your ticket to freedom, right? And you would right. just ride around, and you and your buddies were like a little roving bike gang. I mean, yes. Yeah. It's, it's funny because people don't realize when they watch like like a series like uh, Stranger Things, mm-hmm. like that's literally that was, that was a thing. Three of us. Thing. That was our childhood. Like that was our yeah. childhood era. The eighties. Yeah. Right. We we were we yeah. were in ju- grade school, junior high in the eighties. um But the way those kids just got on their bikes and just rode the hell all around that county, like they yes. were at, they were in some like you know open mining facility one minute, next <laughs> minute they're running down a hill, next minute they're zooming past the police station right like it's like you do all those things
0: there was a ton of construction where i grew up although it was like a housing market boom mm-hmm. so we were in a in a new housing tract and then all the kids would ride over to the new housing tract being built and i'll tell you some foundations for housing makes hell of a bike ramp so we, we were just launching off of those things people like hey get out of their kids we're like no, no, no. We, used <laughs> we, to, we, yeah, we used to
1: pillage the uh the, the wood and the supplies to make uh half pipes and Yep. yeah for sure water pipes and yep and you and you and your
2: buddies would lay on the ground for your other buddies to jump over to see who how many people you could clear yeah that was you know, the kind of thing we not did. really yeah. thinking that the only way for this to fail is when you land on a person
0: right we had so much hubris <laughs> that we were gonna make the jump so it didn't matter always, always. like why would i not make this jump i wouldn't right? have you lay there if i didn't think i could do right it.
2: and you're like dude
1: this is my bro he could totally make this jump uh-huh. <laughs> right, yeah I, I moved around a lot, so I was always the new kid. So I never trusted anybody enough to
0: wow, yeah. to,
1: to be a a, a a stunt hostage. So
2: I'm. Uh, we've been doing the last couple of days. The new Star Wars series came out. Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. which sounds kind of silly or whatever but it's it's actually kind of been a lot of fun with me and Austin. He's huge into the Star Wars stuff like so he begged me and begged me and we watched he got me to watch all the clone clone wars uh, and,
0: and rebels series
2: and then we just finished rebels and like we powered through rebels. I mean we just finished it 2 days ago. Mm. So we could watch episode 1 of Ahsoka yesterday. And I don't know if you <laughs> have you watched them all?
0: I have I, I I'm familiar with Briar went through a little phase when we first moved back here in like 2013 where she watched all yeah all the, uh, so so rebels Clone wars and rebels
2: rebels literally is the prequel to the ahsoka series so all yes. of the characters in yeah. it are the the rebels characters. oh interesting okay so i mean literally like it ends and then ahsoka picks up and it's like it, they're and they're pulling that cast back together only in live action huh. and so it was it was kind of cool that we powered through it um and then he watches and reads all the extra stuff on the side. So, like, you know, he's like, Well, dad, you know that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, hold on. Was I supposed to have gleaned that from watching the show? Or is this from your extra readings? He's like, eh, okay, it was from extra readings
1: that I've done. This is your Star Wars <laughs> exegesis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What does he think about the uh the sequels? Um, well, we've talked about
2: this. You and I have talked about this, Brian. He he likes them simply because it's what he grew up on so the old the the the, tr- the original trilogy to him is like the old stuff it's like black and white star wars as far as he's concerned
0: so sad. i mean he has
2: the same opinions that everybody has nobody likes episode one right he he actually shares my view of the final sequence in three being you know maybe the most important his favorite of all of them is uh rebel one rogue one those, a rogue one i'm sorry yeah
0: those aren't those aren't the sequels those are the prequels The prequels Oh so the
2: sequel sequels. Oh he doesn't yeah. he doesn't you've, he doesn't love them. Sorry. You've I, told
1: I, me what you think of the sequels. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you've ever talked about what So you're Austin talking about thinks. episode seven, eight, nine, Right.
2: Oh yeah, no he doesn't he doesn't love them. But again, it it's his it's relevant to him because that's like his like junior high high school life, yeah. right? So he he doesn't hate them. He sees he sees the the yuck in them um but at the same time it's just it's fresh content for him. And so he's, mm. he, he's happier to have content than to not have content, even if it's bad content, he's not a fan of Kathleen Kennedy and all of that. He's a big Dave Filoni guy. So he loves rebels and clone wars and the bad batch, which is why he's, I was just, what I was just telling Dre is we're, we're, you know, we just got into episode one of Ahsoka last night because we just finished rebels like two days ago mm-hmm. and, and we did it all in preparation to be able to watch Ahsoka.
1: I've heard good things about that, but it's uh, really good. To be honest. But they hate me. Disney plus. Dave Filoni they, doesn't. Yeah, but Disney does and Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy does. And they've mm-hmm. made they've told me personally that they don't want my money. So I understand. I just so, uh, pi- pirate it.
0: Yeah. Like, why why'd you just pirate nah, it?
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't pirate it.
0: Okay. Well, just go ahead and Re- sell. Rebels that, is sorry. really good. Okay. And, can... and
2: the final arc is really cool. And Austin was mad because I predicted two big major events. I was like, "Oh, this is about to happen." And he just kind of
1: looks at me and then it happened. I was like, "Ah!" ha. I, I watched Rebels, I don't I I honestly I can't remember what happened in the last season. Like I remember the like who the characters are, but Well, so uh, uh, there was a there was a
2: a, a traumatic event. Right. Then there's the
0: the Vader fight, right? Then you don't actually know how it ends to the right they and, then it gets, and it gets it right. gets
2: kind of redone. And I, I called that as it was happening. I was like, he's going to. And then that happened. And then the final, final sequence when they beat Thrawn that mm. I predicted how that was going to end. As well. Is the
0: Obi-Wan Darth Maul fight in Rebels? That's uh, no. I've only I've only seen no. it. I've seen it in a, Clone the, War. Yeah. No, is that it is in Clone in, Wars. That is no, got to be in Rebels. No, that's it's in
1: Rebels because he's he's on Tatooine by then.
0: He's old and it's like the same oh, fight yeah, again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, like, I've yeah. learned. He's like, have you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I <laughs> mean, like, I learned too. Yeah. I'm- Maul is pretty, pre-
2: is it's very Uh. Uh. prevalent in season. I think it was season three of Rebels.
0: So that's interesting that he'd be prevalent in that season. And also he's like the, the hidden bad guy in Solo. Mm-hmm. Is that on purpose? Is that the parallel?
2: I think so.
1: Because to- so. all of what they've done is all this stuff's heavily interwoven now. Right. And you can't have a Star Wars movie it, in any capacity unless a lightsaber shows up at one, at least at some point. It's like a rule. And so they had to have Darth Maul in there for.
0: It probably should be a rule.
1: Yeah. I think it is. That's probably like in the, the Lucasfilm Bible. Like there, there has <laughs> to be. It was in the contract.
0: When somebody better
1: it. ignite a lightsaber before the credits roll or this ain't a Star Wars movie. Yeah. One of
0: the one of the the Lucas fathers Brian Irvin is going to tell us and, and he's gonna you know relate what we're supposed to glean from that and hopefully you know generations from now people will look back and understand
1: I feel like you're you're making fun of me but uh
0: I'm I'm not I'm making fun of Irenaeus, but whatever <laughs> same same <laughs> well I
1: you know, that's not the worst thing anyone's ma- <laughs> making fun of me is the same as making fun of Irenaeus. I mean, I'll take it. Same to of Ableo. Well he's
0: French though. Uh, which is uh But he was a, back when
1: French were cool.
0: It's true. He's one of the uh first young earthers, right? Um Is was he? he I don't know. He not technically because I, I think I think what Irenaeus was was saying was that Genesis is open to interpretation. So a lot of the old church fathers said things of that nature. And Irenaeus only talks about the age of the earth only because he was blowing up the Gnostics in his against heresy books. So, you know, because the Gnostics are saying, well, it's not true because Adam ate the fruit and they said he would die. God's a liar and he wouldn't die that day. And Aaron is like, but he did die because a day is a thousand years, and he lived to be nine hundred and thirty. So, yep, he died that day. <laughs> so, it, and, it is
1: interesting how many how many non literal interpreters interpretations of Genesis there were in the ancient world, like uh,
0: like like most of them. It was it was it was a it was a normal thing. And yeah. then you know he yeah. he quotes Second Peter three H where a day is like a thousand years, and uh, yeah. Justin Martyr was a thousand year guy um and then you had like Clement of Alexandria he him and like Philo were instant creation guys he's like so so God created everything instantly but then the book of Genesis and how it breaks down creation is is kind of a it's a it's a it's an interpretation on on how in like the, the order of importance of of how it went so it was more of um, like you know we, you in, you interpret that day for whatever it's supposed to mean in in in, in the bible um,
2: what, what is that i don't know what any of that means
0: um so the 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 so i guess there, there's like a like a like a circle thing you have the six days and in between those days is stuff that just happened but 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 creation was instant so it was just a narrative form to just tell the creation story more than it was what what actually happened it wasn't according giving to you a Philo and it wasn't Clement according and to Alexandria. yes they were they were they weren't the bible genesis wasn't giving you a play by play it was so it, it, it's an interesting way that the the church fathers kind of but that, i think the main point was is it wasn't it wasn't a point to them it, it didn't matter how long they well, the, they knew without the benefit of modern
1: science that right. uh, snakes don't talk
0: be <laughs> what yeah of of course
1: which is you know young earth creation what well, bill maher has his his fame if have you guys seen his uh documentary if you can call it that religious where he uh
0: i've heard of it i haven't i've yet to see it it's in, it was
1: i think he did it in like 2005 2006 mm-hmm. where i remember uh, it he uh I, I i have it it's been a while i i watched it uh soon after it came out but it it's I lost a lot of respect for Bill Maher. From, not that I had a, a lot of it, a lot of it to begin with, but I just I was going to say that's yeah. was that was that a big fall from uh, from grace? <laughs> but you know he uh, he goes around interviewing a, you know a, th- a theme park actor at a playing Jesus. He he stands outside the Vatican and and uh, you know shakes his fist at the at the Vatican, because the Pope won't meet with them. And he interviews tourists to kind of trash Catholicism. And he, uh, he goes to a, a truck stop chapel and asks them difficult theological questions. I mean, these are truckers who were like going to uh, going to a chapel on their, you know, in, in the middle of a hall at a truck stop. And Bill Maher's there to ask him complex theological questions. And so this is him, like, you know, I'm this just is asking, big gotcha. Right. But he, you know, he didn't interview like William Lane Craig or um, Gary Habermas or any actual like scholar or reputed theologian. He, he went and interviewed theme park actors and truck stop tr- people at a truck stop chapel. And he did interview Francis Collins, who I think was the uh, it, it may have been it was around the time he was the head of the Human Genome Project. Um, now he's a, a, a Fauci, uh, henchman. Um, I think he's kind of dishonored himself, but he was, Francis Collins was probably the most credible person he interviewed. And you could tell it was heavily edited. Like he would ask him a question and then Francis Collins would kind of pause for a second, but he made it and then they'd cut and it made it look like he was stumped. But, uh, nice it was just it was just thoroughly dishonest but one of the things he likes to ask people is do you believe it to, do you believe in talking snakes because if you don't believe in talking snakes well then you don't take the bible very seriously but if you do believe in talking snakes and and of course he the people he asked that to they 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 were the people who gave the answers of uh well if it's what it says in the word of god i believe it that's good enough for me and uh, that's his case in point that well Christians are, stu- are, are stupid and Christianity makes you stupid and mm. um, but they didn't need the benefit of modern and modern and young Earth creationists will claim that not that people who interpret it non literally are just they it's just because of our weak faith because we're capitulating to modern science um, but they didn't have modern science to capitulate to back when in ancient times when they were reading it non literally.
0: But well, even even non-ancient times, you got like Isaac Newton and Johannesburg Kepler and Bishop Usher. They I mean, they didn't have any evidence about geology. So they're like, oh, yeah, I guess there was 4000 years old. It wasn't it wasn't maimed. I think if someone could have presented something to them, especially like Isaac Newton. Hey, you know, the earth is just old. Yeah, eh, cool. Good. Now that it was like something he hadn't given a lot of thought to, so he was like, "I don't
2: really have a point of view," and so I'll use basically. He was saying, "Hey,
0: you know, the Genesis is written, you know, four thousand years ago. Therefore, yeah, boom, there you go." Yeah, and then a lot, a lot of those like medieval people subscribe to uh, gap interpretation. So What is that?
2: I've heard that reference. Well, I don't know. So,
0: so what between Genesis one and Genesis two, like in the beginning. And then and then he starts they're they're saying that there's unspecified number of years between Genesis one one and Genesis one two, where there's like this a bunch of chaos. It could have been a million years, who knows? But before the creation stuff started to start making the actual form, then yeah, maybe Mm. there was there was a time before that.
1: Who 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 subscribed to that? Do you remember anybody? Uh, It was
0: it was no, it was medieval. Mm. It was it was medieval and then um I think like some some uh, some Calvinists, John Calvin and like his contemporaries were kind of on there.
1: Yeah. For the kids at home, Matt is giving the thumbs down to John Calvin. And uh, I'm not a fan of John Calvin myself. But, uh, but,
0: but, but really, uh, young earth creationists is a new thing that didn't even start till like the 1900s or the late 1800s when everyone was trying to prove Darwin wrong. So basically, I, it seems as if
2: it started as cr- an anti-Darwin thing, and then turned. It start. Into, it's like, basically the like, hey, of
0: science is going to make the Bible irrelevant. We have to push back on this. When if they would have just been like cool, because the even even at that time, there was a lot of theologians who were pro-Darwin, pro. They were pro evolution, mm-hmm. like a lot of a lot of schools taught evolution. Like all, all the way up until the the early the early 1900s, and then the the big time, the big time young Earth creationist literal Bible people started with the Seventh Day Adventists.
2: Is that right? So, mm-hmm.
0: so my girl Ellen G White, she was a she was a prophetess, and she was pushing back on on Darwin evolutionary.
2: I've I've, she... I've never looked into Seventh Day Adventists. I've always wondered what their what their main different aside from the whole saturday sunday thing i was like there's got to be more to it than just a day of the week right
0: i took a peek at them because they were they're connected to the branch davidians so that's how yeah really (laughs) so that's kind of how they how that evolved into that's the the
2: nearest church to my house is an sda church i drive past it like constantly and i'm always like "Hmm, i wonder what goes on in there
0: Hmm. then some dude named price what did he do? He wrote some some book and had like this flood theory. And the reason why geologists mistake these years is because all this all the sedimentary laid down during the flood. Therefore, all of the flood that,
2: meaning the deluge or a
0: different the, flood. That one, yeah, okay. the Genesis flood. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I have not personally studied the the history of young earth creationism that much. I just know that I just know well, you wrote a blog t- about it. Well, I, and and by the way, this blog of yours
2: is my favorite for two reasons. One, it was the first of your blogs that I read and two, because you have a picture of Jesus on a dinosaur.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I also, I've also updated that since then to to disavow much of what I wrote in it.
2: I just, I just thought it was abusing to me. Yeah, but uh... I I felt like, cause if I remember right, you start off with I don't believe the Earth is only five thousand year old. Years old, and neither does Jesus, or something like that. Is
1: what you wrote. It. I think the, t- the title was uh, uh, "Why I'm Not a Young Earth Creationist," and Jesus wasn't either.
2: Yeah.
1: To be honest, he he might have been. Um. Um. I'm pretty
0: sure he knew better.
1: Well, we 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 tend to think of Jesus as basically just God walking around, omniscient and omnipotent wearing a human suit um but he he was a man of his time he was god in his person in his consciousness but he wasn't he wasn't intrinsically omniscient um people of his time i'm sure read the book of genesis and took it took it literally now i i I but they say, didn't they
0: didn't take it literally they... I,
1: well let me let me ex- let me explain that i would i was about to say I, I want to put literally with an asterisk sure um, A
0: john walton literally
1: um yeah um but ba- like basically uh like reading the text itself you understand like if you take the cues from the text itself you understand that it can't be talking about literal 24-hour days because it the, on the first day, um, he he separates light. He creates time by separating light from darkness, um, and, and that's why. And that he's creating time as a what is apparent. Because why doesn't he just call the light light and darkness darkness? He calls the light day and the darkness night because he just created time. But there's no way to to measure time until the fourth day when he puts the sun, moon, and stars in Correct. the firmament. Right, you me. have to have
2: all of the things in order to right. create the concept of an Earth Day.
1: Yeah. And they understood as well as we do that plants need sunlight. That's why you have all of these pagan myths about the, uh, the vegetative gods who die in the winter and then they're reborn in the spring. Because I understand that you need sunlight for plants and there's less sunlight in winter. That's why they die. So that wasn't... Oh, and it's that cold. Wasn't, temperature has um, a lot to do with it. Well, I don't think I don't think the length of the day matters as much to a plant as its operating temperature. Well, but they understood that it had it was connected to the sun. That the sun being well, there less time was connected to the to the plants dying in the winter. And that and all of these, you know, these these religions that are related to harvest time that they all kind of revolve around that um so they understood that back then and they understood the snakes don't talk but um but yeah they they probably they all probably believed that the earth was flat and sat beneath a solid dome that kept the the cosmic waters above from falling down and joining the waters below and um yeah there were some people who had figured out that the earth that the earth was round but that wasn't that wasn't common knowledge um so, but, um, but also if you read Genesis and you take it strictly, literally, you don't get creation out of nothing. Like at least not explicitly, it doesn't say creation out of nothing. It says that everything was water and darkness, right? And then God began, there's an then, order,
2: there's an ordering, but it's not the creation of, it's just the ordering of what pre existed.
1: Right. But you do yeah. get like that phrase creation out of nothing that originates in second Maccabees seven 14, I think Um, second Maccabees seven somewhere. Um, That's the first time there's any mention in, in any human literature, at least that has survived of God creating everything out of nothing.
0: Mm -hmm. And that kind of became the standard.
2: I had heard or read something that the more important, the takeaway from Genesis one isn't about the timeline. That the important part was all of the other versions of creation mythology revolved around some god having to fight another god and wrestle the, the control from one to another or kill another one or two had to be joined. There was all of this having to borrow oh, from another god in order for it, be, for their god to create. And the difference, well, hang on. And the difference in our version of creation uh, is that our god simply decreed it to happen and it just did he didn't have to go fight and beat up another god or steal somebody's dirt or impregnate some other deity he just looked around and goes i want this to happen and it did and that that is that's what we should be taking away from genesis not getting focused on like the timeline about well, was it 24 hours or 36 hours or
1: whatever Mm -hmm. but uh another major feature that all other creation accounts have in common is that they they picture the the God they they picture the gods emerging within a pre-existent universe it's not right these these stories are not about the origin of the universe they're right. about the origin of the gods right. the universe is always there but Correct. then
0: that's the exactly God,
1: that's exactly she, same yep right the sky God gets with the earth goddess and they have kids and those kids are the ocean and the mm-hmm. The stars and the storm and all that stuff and and then they fight and there's always like an like an intermediate stage of of pagan religious development where the storm god beca- gets promoted to creator god right. by slaying a cosmic dragon right. And and the uh the dragon the carcass of the dragon it becomes the becomes the earth and mm-hmm. uh but uh but yeah and the, so it's it's a polemic where it it's god just speaking it into existence there's no Mm. chaos to tame it's just him ordering what was previously he orders by differentiating opposites he creates distinction between opposites light from darkness for time up from down for space dry land from water for for earth creates humanity by separating male from female Um, and then all the animal life they each reproduce according to its kind um but um whereas in the in the uh well i'm trying to i don't want to get ahead of myself here i i was explaining it to somebody yesterday about uh how there are only two religions in the world and we've had this conversation and <clears throat> but that that might be a conversation for our uh our uh, when we we were talking about talking about uh, occultism and its relation to modern culture and the divine council worldview, but that might be, that might be best safe for that. So.
2: Way to peel the curtain back on our, on our show development and our, our, our our transitions.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a big fourth wall break there. I I don't think that, I don't think there's a fourth wall, man. I think they see, I think they see past the fourth wall yeah so uh all right i ran out of stuff to say i clearly (laughs) wow, (laughs) brian's like
2: i'm so out of stuff i'm just gonna blow up the show so this isn't magic by the way guys Uh, (laughs) there's nothing super cool about what we do and i'm done
0: (laughs) thanks brian (laughs) thank you there there was a dude named uh john whitcomb jr and uh he was mad that uh that a bunch of scientists were shitting all over this dude Price, those were sort of the Seventh-day Adventists. So he decided he was gonna write a book uh based on the same thing, but he couldn't find any geologists to like help him because he I guess he wrote some doctoral doctoral thesis and uh and everyone kind of rejected it because he's not a scientist. So he found a dude, his name? his name Whitcomb Jr. John Whitcomb he found a he found a guy uh Henry Morris who was a scientist that thing i forget what he did but he wasn't a geologist and he signed off and he said we're going to write this book and they they came up with the the genesis flood which sounds a lot like price's book of the of the flood that caused all this all this stuff and uh they sold about 10,000 copies in the first year and then they sold sold 100,000 copies and then these two just went on like tour around the world this is like in the 60s in the 70s and started talking about these things and it kind of caught on and uh and they started um the creation research society or CRS and then Morris founded the Institute of Creation Research ICR and all of that gave rise to Creation Ministries International and Answers in Genesis So then by the 90s, if you were a creationist at all, then you were synonymous with young earth creation. And that's kind of where the the science versus Christianity. I think that tracks
2: with, you know, at least personally, my my growing up, right? I didn't know that there was this big science versus Christianity dispute, right? And some of it's just because I grew up Southern Baptist. I grew up in, I was going to high school in Oklahoma, which is, you know, at the time had to have been 95% Protestant Christian in Oklahoma at the time. Um, and I remember going to church my senior year in high school and my pastor was talking about somehow we got onto creationism and, and he brought in a, an author. So this is 1994, maybe it was 93. He brought this author in and he's, and he'd written a book. I don't, I don't know the guy's name. I wish I did. Cause it might be relevant. You know, it might the book could be good. Who knows? Um, but he was talking about how he wrote a book that explains that believing in concept of creation doesn't have to obviate modern science, and that was and you're literally like this. no shit. And I was like, I'm sitting in church, and I'm like, Hey, this is a revelation to people, like, because I had just naturally just kind of dovetailed the two concepts in my brain. It just made sense to me, right? I was like, You know, the Bible says, you know, on this day, and I, in my brain, I was just like well, what kind of a goofball thinks that it meant 24 hours? Like, why does God operate on a 24-hour clock? Like, that's weird. Especially when there wasn't a planet. Like, the, there has to be a planet to rotate in order to know <laughs> right, what 24 right. hours is. Like, did God time the rotation of our planet to match the the watch that he's already wearing? That he just, like, those. That, <laughs> I, I had right. never even really thought about these things. This is just what went on in my head. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, Wait, this is this is a thing, right? And people were like interested. There was like lots of. I remember there being a lot of energy in that service. And I don't know if, like, if it was well received or not. I don't remember. I was a dumb kid. Like, I wasn't like connected in what was going on with the church elders and whatnot. But um, I just kind of walked away from that. Like, oh, I mean, I guess a guy wrote a book about it too, so I didn't know it was a problem. But I don't have a problem. Like this is just the way it is, and right. then it was like probably four or five years later, as I started, you know, becoming an adult, and I started hearing people make these comments about all oh, Christian Science deniers, and I was like, wait, what? I I, I really didn't know that 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 young Earth cre- creationism was even existed or that it was a problem, and I didn't understand why there were so many angry non Christians out there shaking their fists about believe the science, and I'm like, what are y'all talking about?
0: I, I think it's so weird that, that from the beginning of Christianity, they've worked hand-in-hand hand with science. Right. And then all of a sudden, in the 1920s, there starts to be a little bit of pushback on science because of how broadly evolution was was mm-hmm. brought into this thing. And then by the 60s, or like it's the, 50, the 30s through the 50s, you know, only Seventh-day Adventists were were young Earth creationists in fact most most creation type people or theologists were like yeah, yeah that tracks evolution could work I don't know maybe your theory on evolution's wrong but eh, whatever <laughs> and then and then lots of other Christians but and then all of a sudden a couple of books get written and science kind of comes to the Forefront and then it becomes this this versus that where if you believe in science then you can't believe in the bible right it was very much like, a zero, wait, what? Sum,
2: zero sum game right it was like you are with it's us only or been against us.
0: over the last 30 years so that that's been a thing that's it, what to be honest wild. just just looking at the history of it i mean i gave you the timeline
2: yeah it started in the 20s in the 60s it didn't take root until the 90s and from yeah. 90 until now it's like people are like they're willing to fight over it
0: And it's and it's just because people hate Darwin and they're Mm -hmm. scared the Bible is gonna get thrown in the trash. Right.
2: Right. So they created this like visceral response to it. And it's not it's not it's not logical to me the
1: way they and accommodationism is something that that's the wrong response to the the whole debate. Accommodationism is where people read the book of Genesis and try to explain, no, 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 no. here's how it does fit in, mm-hmm. how it right. supports modern right, science. Right. Mm-hmm. Like here, this is right. where it's talking about the Big Bang. I used to do that. Like, that's why I I put the that's why I put the, like the the note on my my blog denouncing what I had written, because that's basically what I was doing, and it was well, ill-advised.
0: Yeah. Well, what's crazy is that, like, tomorrow mm-hmm. we might learn that the Big Bang is false. Mm-hmm. right and we might come up with a new way that everything happened yep. according to science and then what we're going to do try to make genesis fit into that too like stop it right.
1: but the thing is it is worth mentioning that when the big bang was first introduced by george lemaitre a uh catholic priest and physics professor incidentally it was rejected it was laughed at like big bang is a pejorative it's, it's a it's a pejorative to to dismiss it because it was too close to the book of genesis as as they they believe they they had the fred hoyle came up with this steady state model as the alternative to the big bang which has hmm. it that the universe has always been here and always will be but it kind of goes back to what i was saying about there's only there's only two religions in the world um either god is eternal and the universe is contingent upon god or the universe is eternal And all life and consciousness and the gods themselves emerged from within this pre-existing and eternal universe. And it's really the same thing in physics. Like, Like physics, the default setting was the universe has always been here and always will be. That was Fred Hoyle's steady state model. And then there's the Big Bang Theory, which is the universe had a beginning, which by necessity means it had to have had a cause that preceded it. Which plays into the one of the two options for religions. But um you know, so when when young earth creationists reject the Big Bang Theory for being anti-Christian, well they, they're they haven't really thought it through. So
2: yeah, I I I haven't spent a lot of time trying to understand the point of view because it it's one of those points of view that just strikes me as so like hard to, I can't get there, you know, like I try to, when I'm, when I'm having a a philosophical discussion or whatever with a person, I try to get to where they're at so I can at least see what they're trying to feel, say express. And then I can, then I kind of work my way back to where I'm at and maybe I end up where they are or I don't. But when it comes to, this hyper literal interpretation. I just, I can't get there. I can't it, it, it just, I, the minute I try, I just can't. And I just like, oh, it's not happening. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I maybe we need to have a, a young earth creationist on the show to,
0: Oh, for sure. When we we start to, getting guests, yeah,
2: because I think I think this one's probably going to draw some some. Uh, this yeah. will be one of our first ones to draw some anger from from a a, a chunk of our audience. So hopefully, maybe somebody will want to come on the show and give their uh, their counterpoint.
1: But it's also why apologetics is so important. Like if 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 we have a church culture that teaches people why it's true. You know, it, it trains you to have a, a, a rational epistemology where you can, you know, you base your beliefs on what you can, you can, what there's evidence for, what you can reason out from that evidence. Um, we don't really have that, that kind of a culture. And that's, that's the culture that you find in the early church. That's, that's how they won converts. And that's how they got people to turn their backs on centuries of cultural and religious tradition. And become Christians by persuading them that it's actually true by making arguments that were based on evidence and reason that they, Mm. that they believed. And there's, you know, I've, I've collected the verses from the book of Acts where it has, you know, Paul, Paul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. He argued, he persuaded, he made the case. Um, And then people heard the case and they believed. We, we treat apologetics as kind of a kind of an option today. It's, it's sort of a subset when I think it, I think it should be so essential that we shouldn't even think in terms of apologetics as a separate discipline. It should just be Christianity. Just initiating people into Christianity should be convincing them why it's true, giving them the case, and then mentoring them as, as Christians is teaching them how to make that case to others. And along with that, of course, you have to, you have to live by it. I mean, if you're right and it's, it's funny, like we were, but,
2: but there, there could be an argument made Brian, you know, to, to, to follow up with what you're saying is that if maybe if, if more people were taught their religion in a way that they actually believed it such that they could explain it to somebody else completely, it might be a whole lot harder to backslide yeah because I agree. because you would you would understand it more fully right um uh, i think i i'd like to think in the last you know 5 years or so since i've been doing some real serious reading and i've really been trying to dig into and understand more of how and what and why i believe what i believe it's actually strengthened my personal faith by a, an amount that i can't even put into words right um, and that doesn't—that's not to say that any of that faith is blind, because there's some things that I just straight up don't believe anymore that I used to, or vice versa, used to not believe that now I do. But regardless, that the end product is much greater than it was 15 years ago when I was just kind of chilling. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian.
1: Yeah, you know. And and really, when you when you go through these arguments for God's existence, and you like and you actually realize that they are true um especially the argument for the resurrection but also the cosmological the moral argument the teleological argument the argument from consciousness what, like when you when you think it through and when you you follow the reasoning and you grasp it for yourself that this is actually true and that god actually exists it, it changes your consciousness. Like it, it, you it realigns your perspective, the way you the way you understand reality and your place within it. And like, I don't like, to, I don't, I don't believe that God exists. I, I can't help but know that he exists. Like it, like when you, you know, what, like the moral argument, for instance, when you realize how meaningless the idea of morality itself is, if God doesn't exist, well now you can't help but see him everywhere like he's like my every interaction is god is present in that because i because i understand what what right and wrong are and that like we just sort of passively take that for granted without without thinking that through and we you know that we can even entertain debate in our civilization about whether 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 God exists or whether objective morality can exist apart from God, I think I think that that shows a, a profound weakness, a, a profound failure on the part of the church to just to teach basic basic theology, basic tenets of the faith. So I'm gonna say this: we've been we're a little we're a little into the
2: show. I don't want to I don't want to dive into this. I really dislike the moral argument, and maybe I don't understand it well so i want to follow this up with you on, a, on another episode because okay. i i i i don't like it and like i said maybe maybe i maybe i i haven't had it presented clearly to me maybe i haven't thought it through well enough but the couple of times i've addressed it i struggle with it so just kind of putting that out there to i want to so Whoa. stick a pin in it like i said i, I want to stick a pin in it because i don't we're not gonna you, you're gonna tell me you can you can explain it to me really quickly and then you're gonna talk for about 10 minutes and then i'm gonna argue with you and then 45 minutes from now we're gonna be further down the road so no i appreciate well, i appreciate your belief that you can succinctly make this a simple case but it's not and and this is far from the first time i've addressed it or thought about it so no we'll have to do it on another show well that's uh so you're just gonna drop that out there and mm-hmm. just not- yeah. I'm just tossing it out there. That's something we need to address on another episode. We can do yeah. it next week, maybe, or the week after, after we talk about Crowley and well and be. Just tease it. What I, I, I just I just I can't I, I can't I can't wrap my mind around the idea that morality only exists because of God. Because I know people that are wildly atheist or agnostic and they're capable of making moralistic determinations. But and, they were created by God. And, and their ability, well, yeah, but that's that uh, created by versus being guided by or driven by or or or
1: okay. or inspired by is different. And that's that's where it, be, it breaks down. It could down. be a good
0: talk, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The,
1: the moral argument is not you have to believe in God or or you won't have morality. No, I understand that it's because God exists, morals exist. I, I understand what it is. So, well, the argument is actually because you're already moral. Like it's not that if you don't believe in God, you don't you don't have morality. It's that people are already moral, therefore God exists. I know, and I think that's an asinine wizard's duel statement
0: hmm.
2: because it's because it's set up to be dis- <laughs> undisprovable.
1: Well, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. I I will say this. Based on just the moral argument alone, it it might be – it is entirely possible that morality is nothing but a social construct, but to believe that is to take a leap into absurdity. You can't live that way.
2: I I, I don't disagree with that, and for those at home, I was nodding my head as Brian said that. This is exactly where my argument comes from, is that morality is – as much as I hate to say this out loud because this is mm-hmm. going to get twisted and we're going to have to have this follow-on conversation, morality is relative. There are things that you, the three of us or some of our listeners, would consider to be moral absolutes that are relative based on your setting, the 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 era. I mean, slavery was a was a relative morality issue. Come, I mean, come at me. There was plenty of people that were wholly right. convinced that it was fully more moralistic to have slaves. Get the whole world, right? Not not America, Everyone, everybody, everyone, right? And Christians, Since by the way, are the ones that time. decided it wasn't yeah. okay, and right. you know, rightly so. But th- that that was a changing paradigm. That was an Overton window ex- thing that happened. It wasn't. It wasn't a, 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 because it was written. So it shall be. It's always been this but way because it freaking
0: wasn't. Weird. We are doing exactly what you said. We it's were like going I'm a freaking do.
1: prophet or something, right? Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> so,
1: I agree that morality is relative, but it's either relative to an absolute, or it's or it's relative to something that is itself relative and it unravels. But let me back up a little bit, Brian. No, I'm
2: um, no, not backing
1: up because we're not going to do this because this is going to turn into a two-hour conversation. No, I'm, we, I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify my position. It's no. Not even about the moral <laughs>
0: <laughs> right no means no why why are you theologically raping the, us i
2: was about to say that <laughs> this is this is philosophical rape occurring that's, right now is, that's, that's a this is over, uncon- it's
0: a this little is over the top touching stop it stop it
1: when i first became a christian i w- i mean it was i was in that crowd of people who who believe that way i i believed that way um i i would i denied evolution for a few years um just for because it it, you know those arguments made sense um if if death for natural selection to happen death had to have been in the world before adam's fall um if adam's fall brought about the brought about the existence of death then it it evolution can't be true and i was a i was a bible believing Mm -hmm. born again christian and so that's that's what I was going with. And so I would, uh, you know, I, I kind I kind of fought back against evolution when I encountered it, but it was just such a, an uphill. I, I, I couldn't do that honestly for very long. Like it just the, the The science is sufficient and coherent. And, uh, now I understand the Bible better and that that's not at all what it teaches. Death came into the world because adam wasn't intrinsically immortal he was denied access to the tree of life and that's how death came to to Mm. humans right um if you actually read the text there was no there was never any intention that adam would die but only because he had access to the tree of life not because he was intrinsically immortal or death didn't happen anywhere well but but so
2: i i don't know that that
1: i'm listening to you and, and we're on the same team here so
2: i'm this is our our first podcast that we're actually fully aligned, but I'm I want to press on what you said, and maybe I've never heard this argument from a from a YEC before, but the idea that death had to pre-exist Adam in order for evolution to occur to get to Adam—that's the that's that that's
1: is that a primary pushback? Yeah, like for natural selection to happen, like natural selection uh-huh. is basically like you if you're not fit for survival you get killed off before well, you I know produce yeah no I, I get that part i i guess i've always
2: i've always looked at and i've heard this argument right from from non-evolutionists they're like show me the show me the linkage show me the 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 monkey that turned into a man right right um, yeah, yeah, yeah that's
0: that's the big pushback right like where where is the where's the, the middle was the, mi- the, mis- the missing
2: link yeah right And and to me, it's a little more simple than that, because uh, I don't have a problem with the concept of all of the previous humanoids, right? Hominids. Uh, Neanderthals, hominids, whatever. Yeah. Um, And and so if I look at Genesis, you know, 127, um, when God is speaking to the divine council and he says, let us make make man in our image, um, or is it 28? 28. 26 sorry 126 when he's speaking to the council um just had to throw that i had to throw that in there by the way to make sure that uh we stay on stay on message a um i <laughs> didn't get a harump out of this guy um <laughs> but uh you know to me that's just the that was the emergence of 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 human right which is different from you know the the previous proto man that existed um and and oh by the way and we can i don't remember if we've had this conversation before or not but genesis speaking that you know god created adam and then eve doesn't preclude him having created other humans instantaneously after that right The pre-population of the entire planet could have occurred within seconds of Adam and Eve being birthed uh, or maybe after the fall, whatever. Uh, And I'm alluding to, you know, when Cain was cast out and and found his wife and and Nod, right?
0: Well, well, that's when Cain's like, well, if I go there, people are going to kill me. (laughs) Right, well, who, 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 who who are who, these people?
2: Correct. Right, yeah. right. And I've heard, and I've heard the counter argument that those are just other descendants of Adam and Eve that had just gone off. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Dude, like
0: he's the first dude. Like what,
2: why, why would he have gone off and found his wife as a sister of his that had just left t- home earlier that he was going to go meet in another town? Like that just doesn't track from a, from a, you know, in my mind. So the idea that other humans were seated a- around the earth, um, kind of tracks with the concept that there were proto humans that had been seated around the earth. Right. And they just weren't pleasing to God or they were developing in a manner that he didn't, didn't fit his design. And so
1: he needed to push the envelope and force the hand of evolution to, well, to create. You guys atoms. have heard me talk about the difference between anatomical, modern humans and behaviorally modern humans, right? No, no. But being a, being, I'm, being that I'm, I'm somewhat of a
2: behaviorist myself, I'm interested to hear your, your theory.
1: Um, I think I think we did talk about this, but it was like several weeks ago. But uh, so basically the way modern anthropologists uh, see it is that there were there were anatomically modern humans, which, as the as the name implies, they're anatomically identical to us. Um, Behaviorally modern humans, they distinguish by their ability to to think and communicate in abstract symbolic terms, i.e. language. Interesting. Um, and that's that and our our powers of language is what gives us our our creative powers it's the reason we can create technology and um, economies and institutions and governments and laws and tell stories it's because of our our capacity for sounds language like, sounds like this guy
0: sapiens that's right yeah
1: yeah yeah We. yeah it kind it, of tracks it, with that yeah you brought that up last time my okay Okay. but um but what's interesting is um if you guys have heard the the word abracadabra right yep mm-hmm. and this is going to matter for when we talk about occultism later on because this is like a major yep. component of 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 occult thinking um a lot of occultism it's it's predicated on things you find in the bible i mean it it like the, the bible is the foundation. and the irony is that a lot of people they they kind of turn their nose up at christianity but they They turn to magic and occultism to fill the religious void, but they don't understand what's going on there because they haven't read the Bible and they sneer at it. But a lot of the ideas that you find in Crowley and John Dee and and a lot of Western occultism anyway was an underground version of Christianity. Um, And so if you don't understand the Bible, then you're not going to understand any of that. But one of the major, the phrase abracadabra, um we've we've all heard that it sounds like a nonsense word that magicians say at kids birthday parties to um it actually it it's actually very meaningful it's aramaic for as i speak i create and it and it 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 it, uh it highlights the creative power of language and in and in in the kabbalah they talk about how adam had he participated with God's act of God spoke the universe into creation. And then Adam participated in that, that creative process by naming the animals. He didn't create ex nihilo as God did, but he created kind of an order to the animal world by assigning them names. Um, And it's to that creative power that they, uh, they it's that creative power that makes us in God's image. Um, And so that's the, by being able to create by language, that's what separates us from the animals. And it's a, uh, so going back to the Genesis account, I I would say Adam is the first behaviorally modern human. Um, so there would have had to have been anatomically modern humans around. And the way anthropologists describe this, they, they compare it to, uh, to music, like, there's probably only a few hundred people in the entire world who are capable of writing a hit song. Um, but anybody can learn to play music and anybody who hears the song can then play that song and it's going to catch on. And that's kind of how language is like once, once the first behaviorally modern humans started talking and started assigning symbols. like start, started assigning phonetic symbols to objects and naming things. Then other people could communicate. Then he could communicate with others, and they they learn how to do it. Like you can teach a monkey or a gorilla it, how sign, to language. sign language, yeah, but they're never going to come up with that on their own, right? And so, if there's if there are behaviorally monitored humans. Who can speak then anatomically modern humans can can learn to do it and then there's really no distinction between behaviorally modern and anatomically modern humans because now they're all learning to speak and they're all taking on the behavior and so adam was kind of and this does kind of like parallel when jesus is, is called the second adam and in, in his messianic role The the thing that makes him the messiah he passes that on to other people. He, he, it's through him that we receive the Holy Spirit. And so we're we are remade in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Through Adam, anatomically modern humanity was sort of transformed into the image of God by this, this one person having been made in the image of God. But because he fell, he was able to pass on the, the capacity, the, the, the abracadabra magic of creation through speech um but humanity was corrupted like they were still bestial they were still animalistic but now they had the powers of the creative powers of speech to add to it but uh anyway that was no, uh, I mean
2: I I don't I don't hate that theory that's that's it, it like I said I I held up this book and it, it's for those that didn't see me hold it up it's sapiens by yuval noah Har- harari and he makes a point and I don't want to oversell his book because I think he's kind of tied into some of the Bill Gates stuff, and I don't necessarily agree with all of his other uh, pushes, but he he's explaining the evolution of human humans and, and what made us different. And he and really similar to what Brian just said, he calls it our ability to, 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 to believe in fiction. And it's basically he explains how, you know, you think about an old wizard movie and there's the, you know, the the special people put on the special robes, they go to the sacred place and they say the magic words and things happen, right? Abracadabra. And while that seems fanciful and you're conjuring in your mind, like, you know, the guy in the purple robes with the big pointy hat and the big beard, if you think about it, that's literally what happens in a courthouse in the United States, right? A judge puts on his robe, sits at his special seat in the special building and he makes decisions and whacks a hammer on a piece of wood and whatever he said is now actually real and we have to abide by it. And that's fiction because a law, a governmental system isn't real. You can't touch it. But yet we all just nod our heads and go along. And it's part of what makes humanity work. Right. And that work that, that that lends itself to religion, to the maths and sciences, laws of grammar you know, street signs, you know, how we don't crash into each other as we're going down the road and we don't turn the interstates into genuinely Mad Max type situations. Although sometimes we might think it is that way, right? Like all of these things is our ability to comprehend
1: fiction in order to make our lives better. Um, yeah, and that's so, so much of what makes up that human life is a construct of language mm-hmm. and has no existence. Exactly. Apart from that. Exactly.
2: And it's, it's a, when, when I read that in that book, I was like, wow, I mean, this guy's wildly, you know, non-religious or a religious, or even anti-religious, but this one concept makes a lot of sense. And it is what distinguishes us from any other animal, right? Like our, and it talks about, and it, and I'm still and you guys should read the book. It's not YouTube, but anybody who's listening, read the book. It's fascinating. He explains if you would take a, a human and a gorilla silverback gorilla and pit them one-on-one in, 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 in mortal combat, the gorilla wins instantly, like in seconds, right? Like the human doesn't stand a chance. 10 men against 10 gorillas, the gorillas are still going to win, but there's a tipping point when you get into the hundreds and the thousands where the humans have an ability to organize and strategize and be tactical in a way that the gorillas could never do. And the humans will win. And then you get into the tens of thousands and it's not even a discussion. Humans now become, wildly dominant and that's how militaries work right again back to governance and uh, so we
1: start experimenting on them and making them smart <laughs> yeah
0: but it, it's, an interesting,
2: it's an interesting uh thought experiment right the way this guy presents it in this book and i think brian it, it really goes exactly with what you just said and that and and i've kind of i i, I didn't think about it in the terms of the way you said it of this you know, behaviorally versus anatomically consistent, but I think it's, it's just as, it's just as plausible as what, as what happened, right? Is God said, this is the one I want modeled after me and suddenly, boom, he was Adam and he was different. And, and that's, that's all you need. You didn't need it to be the first Mutated non monkey human that popped out of a monkey mama that just didn't right. have hair, right? Like, I don't think it's that dramatic. It was something of more along the lines of Adam was just like, Huh, do re mi faso right? Like, all of a sudden, he <laughs> uses voice in a way that all the other humans hadn't been able to do.
0: <laughs> and she's like, Adam, I don't know what you're talking about. So, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk a lot more than you, and you're going <laughs> to listen to exactly what I say, Adam. Do you understand? And he's like, "Why did I make up language, yeah. son oh, of a bitch?"
2: Thanks th- <laughs> a lot, Shania Twain. <laughs>
0: uh, it, well, I um, isn't lots of Near Eastern myths kind of kind of fall along that line too? Like, what's that? Uh, the story of Gilgamesh kind of rings a bell. Like, he's he's like this like almost Nephilim type creature that's out there. He's strong. He's renowned, but not until they seduce him with a woman that he gets be- he becomes civilized all of a sudden. I'm, I'm not i'm not i don't know the whole story but that, that kind of that's like the the wave top highlights of of what i what i think it is
1: yeah there is there is definitely a a uh a theme there about how women civilized men and how he was basically just this kind of this self-centered brute who just went around exerting his power all and his so, talk to- all his toxic masculinity yeah. exactly <laughs> which is i i recently watched rewatched the mad max trilogy um like as a kid i like i must have seen it a million times but i never i never thought much of it i just thought it was typical 80s action movie machismo and there wasn't much more to it but it's actually pretty it's a pretty deep story it's it, like it's definitely saying things about masculinity and civilization and water, stuff and like water. that w- well gasoline oh yeah G- gasoline is the, the the uh the big economic driver there but um but it, it's definitely like it's saying something similar to gilgamesh about uh so i don't want to give the whole thing away or get into a big analysis of mad max but i was gonna say uh,
2: give away it's been like 40 years i think it came out in
0: 1979
2: yeah <laughs> so- <laughs> well, for people who haven't seen it it's yeah uh, oh. But by, by the way my brother still hasn't listened to our episode on the sound of freedom cuz he hasn't seen it yet and didn't want to have it spoiled
0: <laughs> that's funny so
2: he he listened to my warning not Brian's
1: wave off of our spoiler alert and <laughs> that was, that was smart he's like
0: la 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 la. yeah i kind Answer. of
1: tricked people I felt bad about that <laughs> okay we're not going to do spoilers but then it it ends with uh he dies in the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh
0: Uh, i think it's john d and his Enochian callings Mm -hmm. where where the book is is an audible right so what it does is
2: is the book is in Enochian.
0: yes so the guy will say it right in english and when you want to cast that in Enochian, then he's like (laughs) i'm like why is the dude speaking klingon it's weird but uh but yeah, so I'm like, I can learn how to summon these things now because I have the audible version don't of do easy it. Knocking yeah, calls, yeah
2: even not do it. Even as a joke, don't
1: don't do that. So for oh. the kids at home, since we're talking about this anyway, I talked about the, the the importance of language in occultism and also in biblical thinking. Um John D's thing, he was a wizard, he was a an occultist during the time of elizabeth like the the british empire according to him the british empire was uh the idea of the angels with whom he was communing but his whole thing was he he was trying to commune with angels to recover the original language spoken by adam in the garden and that's what enochian was and he the belief was if he could recover this language and he could speak the same language as Adam as Adam then he could he could open the way to re- to using that the creative power of that language to restore the earth to paradise and this would this would hasten the second coming of Christ um, and it was there's this whole plan where Queen Elizabeth was gonna he was gonna be the Merlin to the to the new Merlin to queen Elizabeth's new Arthur. And she was going to rule over this new Christian, this, this new uh, multinational kingdom of Christianity that included the new world. And uh, that was kind of the big, the, the big plan he was getting from the angels. And so uh, it's just, that's one of the many ways that, you know, the, this, this idea you find in the Bible that's that's valid in and of itself kind of gets in western occultism they 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 plant their flag on it and then they run with it into crazy town and like there's a there's a true principle in which language is is a is a creative power but they thought it was like a a magical power to speak things into existence and to create ex nihilo and to to change the universe around you merely with the power of speech. And so it's uh
0: that's isn't just that a teaser. What, isn't that what, what Tesla thought too. So, and, and really he, he thought that, you know, human beings put off electricity mm-hmm. because of, you know, the heartbeat puts out what 12 Hertz or something like that. And you have this field around you. And then he, What was this some kind of round thing that if he could synchronize it with the right frequency, it could have everlasting power forever and it'd be free. Mm -hmm. And all all we'd have to do was just find the right frequency to have enough electricity for everyone.
1: He wanted wireless he was trying to create wireless power. I didn't know about the the endless power thing. It all it all had had to do with it
0: all had to do with sound.
2: Yep. Yep. It had to do with harnessing all of the the harmonics and the frequencies coming off of everything and that there was the energy just existed. And it wasn't right. just it wasn't just wireless transmission. It was it was like the ability to just draw it out of.
0: Right. Because even rocks give world. off, even though not as much as us, but. So even, so even when you're thinking positive thoughts, you put off more electricity. So happy people put off more. That's why you have the, like all these new ways people talk about, you got the right vibe, man, because you're actually putting out the right, a different vibration than somebody who is, who is down.
1: I'm not aware of Nikola Tesla saying all that. Yeah. I'm not disputing it. I just, yeah, I didn't. Dre, the thing was called an oscillator.
0: Oscillator. Oh, interesting. Because then we, we can measure things by our oscillators mm-hmm. when we were doing our, our, uh, our Intel magic. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that'll that that'll be uh, that'll be next week. We'll uh, talking we'll about we'll dive uh, into Tesla's oscillations. we'll we'll, ju- we'll jump all around it. with we'll, Mister Crowley and
0: <laughs> the crazy he's, the crazy train. He's, he's he's creepy, man. My man's creepy. That like a couple of his books were only like two dollars, so I bought them. Like what the fuck? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind, man. Like like he he starts he starts down like what sounds like a a good road, and then he just gets weird with it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you 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 took a weird left turn, and I'm not I'm not down with what you're what you're pitching here. You was he the the most wicked man ever? Is that was like his his That's what the moniker? tabloids called him
1: um he probably encouraged that cuz he was a, a attention starved exhibitionist right but uh yeah it's 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 funny all the people who who get into occultism like they read harry potter and they think it's something cool to get into and they get into wicca and they right. they you know there's a there's a draw to it because you feel like you're you know you're you're in this special group where you're privy to these these secrets that are denied to normal people and you're special in your communion with these, these larger forces and learning all these deep hidden things. Um, if you're drawn to that f- with ambitions of importance or becoming great through it, well, you're never going to be, you're never going to achieve more success or renown in magic than John D or Aleister Crowley. And these guys losers. were giant losers. They were just. <laughs> well, like... I mean, but it's always been
2: a, so it's, to be honest, like if you look at uh, Adolf Hitler, right. And his, his, his obsession with the occult, what was he trying to do? He was trying to gain an upper hand to win world war II, Right. It's like, he. it's almost, you well, could almost, you could arguable, almost restate. But... What do you mean it's arguable?
1: Well, it, it's that, arguable that he was, whether he was obsessed with the occult or he was trying to win world war II it's arguable whether his obsession with the cult had to do with actually getting a tactical advantage by supernatural means, or if it was just a kind of a cultural driver for his, for the German people, like something that organizes. I, I feel like around.
0: you've never watched Indiana Jones prior,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, my bad, you're right, but,
2: but they're one and the same.
0: He wanted the right? arc. Of the fucking covenant, not, not it's, necessarily. It's, no, it's, it's
2: one. It's one and the same in that if he wants his his he wanted his Aryans to to be prominent, that requires everybody else to be less than, which requires him to win the war. Like, like I, I feel like you're 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 splitting a hair that philosophically doesn't it's, split the two.
1: Well, he had I'm to not, win World War II to make his other goals happen. Well, no. The, let me re, let me let me repeat this. So does he want to find magical artifacts because they have magical powers that will enable him to, to magically strike down the allies? Like, does he want to call down actual demons to do his bidding, to fight on the battlefield for him? That's one consideration. The other is he doesn't believe any of that stuff, but he, he understands the power it has psychologically, socially as a, as a cultural force to rally his people. Those are two very different things. He might have believed in both. He might have believed in one and not the other, but they are different things. It's like, remember in boot camp when they used to tell us about uh, the Boxer Rebellion? Mm-hmm. And I forget, I think it was, uh, was, uh, I, I, was it Dan Daly or uh, whoever the hero of the Boxer Rebellion was? It was Dan Daly. Like, yeah, it was Dan Daly. He got like a Medal of Honor or and some other decorations for it and it's good story, enough for me And the story they told us in boot camp was about was that he he single handedly killed like these hundreds of Chinese it's, rebels it's, it's in the painting the, the famous piece of art um, um, so he like these Chinese rebels are trying to storm the embassy and he's fighting them off and he's killing them off by the hundreds Mm-hmm. and they tell us that in boot camp what they don't tell us in boot camp was that he had a rifle and he was shooting them and that <laughs> the, the, these were these the the rebels were members of this this kung fu cult and they had been ta- they had been taught that their chi made them bulletproof mm-hmm. and they didn't need weapons just with the power of their of their own bodies and the chi they had developed through their kung fu training they could get past armed marines and as it turned out they weren't bulletproof um they still had so, to shoot them all that's yeah true but but my point is like you know clearly still- the the belief in their chi was powerful in motivating them to all run like lemmings into bullets and you know i i me if i saw the first couple hundred guys in front of me drop i i probably would have lost some confidence in my chi and not done that but they but just i've never they been just, they just didn't Fu believe cult. enough those,
0: those ones didn't believe i believe right, right? yeah that's
1: right but the, but my point is like did hitler really believe that his chi would enable would make him bulletproof and he could overcome the embassy or did he just believe in the story to motivate people to go do that on his behalf. That's the question. In all all
0: fairness with Indiana Jones, it was never Hitler that's on the screen, right? It's always some weird scientist. It was Himmler. So it was always some weird guy trying to get this in the the new Indiana Jones along the same lines again. But but my thing is, it it,
2: it was Himmler that was out doing all this digging on his behalf. But why would he, if he didn't think it would provide him a tactical advantage, why would he dedicate such a large, such a, Portion of his SS to go off and do these things like that's my thing like because I because if Western you're
0: Christian culture saw the Ark of the Covenant then they'd probably run right uh,
2: back to my point he right. believed he had to have believed there was something tactical or strategic in the advantage else yeah, he right. wouldn't have spent time on it like that's I, whether or not he truly well, truly believed in it or thought it was a gimmick that he could use to win. Like if if the dude didn't see a means to furthering his military cause, he wouldn't have been spending cycles on it. Like, have have you ever I mean, seen that the uh,
0: the Dwayne Johnson version of Hercules? Yes. Yeah. No. Is it? It kind of reminds me of that, right? Like he was just a dude, but he right. had such a legend about being right. so badass. His whole yeah. team did weird things behind the scenes, yeah. and then everyone who came to fight him was like, ah, yeah, that guy's a god.
2: Yeah, Brian. The gimmick is Hercules doesn't believe he's the son of zeus he has zero belief he just knows he's a badass but mm. his people kind of sort of believe and he keeps telling them to stop furthering it and every time he turns around they're like whispering to people that this is the son of zeus and he's like i told you to stop
1: that <laughs> yeah. it's kind of so okay. this is <laughs> this is the rock version of yeah. Dune. yeah
2: yeah it's pretty good actually
1: um,
0: it could have yeah. been, been really good but instead it's yeah. the rock and it became silly and it became a joke when well, it had
2: some good action sequences, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. But if, if they had like a Russell Crowe type gladiator vibe to it, it could have been an epic movie that won Academy Awards. But no, we we cast Dwayne Johnson.
2: Yeah, because he was in every movie at that time. Right, yeah.
0: Oh, you want to make money? Cast yeah. Dwayne Johnson.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so to, if they recasted it today, it would be uh, freaking just haired dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Momoa, yeah.
0: How many times I can flip my hair for this? Like, because the remake of Conan was really bad. Did you see that, Brian? Yeah. Oh, I was angry. I said it sucked.
1: Yeah, I was angry about that. I liked the other one. The other Conan, the one before Momoa's, the Schwarzenegger Conan the Barbarian. Oh, there was one in between the two. Destroyer.
2: No, oh, there was a Conan in between before that other one. Wasn't it Conan?
0: No.
1: I don't think so, man. And Then, then mm-hmm. it was a Hercules.
0: Maybe.
2: I thought there was a Conan before the Momoa one. No, there was... no idea what you're
1: talking about.
0: Must have been Hercules. Maybe it was. Hmm. I think Hercules came out after Conan, though.
2: Yeah, there was a Hercules. It was uh, the main character, the Legend of Hercules, twenty fourteen. It was an unknown dude. uh, Who's the main actor?
1: That kid from Twilight. No, it's not
2: the kid from
1: Twilight. Yeah, there was a kid from Twilight who played Hercules. This is
2: most certainly not the kid from Twilight. It's not Taylor Lautner. No, because like I said,
1: it was twenty fourteen. Yeah, it was a kid from that one. Yeah, Twilight Twilight
0: was was like in two thousand eight.
1: Yeah, after the kid was in Twilight, he was cast as Hercules. He wasn't like the main guy; he was one of the like supporting characters. So this
2: is you guys wear me out whenever you don't listen.
0: I I think (laughs) what do you want me to listen to? He was he was just famous for being on a Taylor Swift album, so it's fine.
2: Legend of Hercules, the main actor is Kellen
0: Lutz. I don't know who that is. He Didn't I kid. just
2: say it's an unknown guy?
0: Well, and then you Brian two clowns the... kept
2: telling me it was the guy from freaking Twilight?
0: First of He's... all, don't say you two clowns. It's only <laughs> one clown.
1: Why are you angry not right the, not the,
0: not the two. <laughs> and also, Brian did say that he wasn't the main dude. Oh, okay. Look up his character. IMDb. He was in all Twilight. Right.
1: I was dating a girl who wanted to go see it because that guy from twilight's in it and we didn't go see it and then we
0: broke maybe up. there's a dude named lutz in and then Twilight. we
1: broke up <laughs> <laughs> not because of that but uh
0: i think that's a good enough reason <laughs> uh, truthfully okay.
2: Okay, this guy was in Twilight. He wasn't the okay. He wasn't the main I, actor. I see. All right. I yeah. Who's apology. clown now?
0: Who's the clown now? I don't, you
2: kept I, saying the dude from Twilight, and I was
1: like, wasn't the dude from Twilight?" I said Who is the I said a dude from Twilight. Uh, That's what I've, I said clearly. I've Play never watched. I've never watched Twilight. Wow. Well,
0: so Matt's wrong. One hundred percent. I watched the very first one on DVD. And I sat on the couch and I looked at Delaney and I'm like, "What the hell are we watching? Why are they still staring at each other?" And then I never watched another one.
1: I have the 4K collection and I watch it every year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's that's how we're that's how we're ending this episode.
2: By the way, <laughs> thanks for listening to Mount Hermeneutics. We hope you enjoyed this show and maybe even took something away to think about. Be sure to send us feedback, both positive and negative, like and subscribe on all the socials, and tell your friends. Until next time.